Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Randy, welcome. Sharna. I'm right next welcome to you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Well, welcome back to all of you listeners. And I guess Brian and Sharna, welcome back from Las Vegas Las again. Vegas. We oh. were in Vegas with the kids. So no good. Less. So good. My my niece got married and so we were there for a wedding. The kids were in it. It was amazing. It was so it's crazy for me now being 50 remembering when my niece was born and she is now 39. 39, yeah. Right? And married. Wow. Yeah, and I'm I'm at her wedding and she's walking down the aisle and there was that part of me that was like I cannot believe that this is that this is happening right yeah. now. And she was such a rock star too. Like she planned the whole thing herself. Oh. And it made me realize I shall not be planning our wedding myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I shall not be doing yeah. that. We will absolutely have a wedding planner. Um, even though she did the most incredible job and everything was absolutely perfect, the stress levels that I know she's been going through in the months leading up to it, that is not for me. Uh, and I'm incredibly proud of her for doing what she did. And, and they had such an amazing time. Bodie and Journey were ring security. Yeah. They looked like... I was wondering. They looked like little men in black. They went up in their tuxes. They had yeah. on the black aviators with an earpiece and ring security and a, and a briefcase they, with they the rings in them. briefcases with the... It was, oh, it was so my fun. God. It was, it was so I've, delicious. I've never even heard that term, ring security. Oh, so not no. the, the ring bear. Yeah, you, know no, what it, you know what it reminded me of was the... Men in Black on um, Masked Singer. When when I did that show, that would come out with whoever is in a costume. Yeah, you would have the suited, like you know, security almost looking people that would come. In. It was kind of the same thing. That's it was really amazing. Fun. Did yeah. they love it? Did they love doing it? They loved they it. They did. Yeah. They they've never worn tuxes before, so that was a big thing. And dress shoes. And and they absolutely loved it. We were we were worried that they would because they are like shorts and you know no show socks and t shirts yeah. all the time. Yeah. So we were like, oh, how's this going to go over? Like, is this going to? Are they just going to be doing this the whole time? Yeah, and, pulling you know, on their collars. And, and they weren't. Itching. They just they loved it. 
Yeah, it was they amazing. had an amazing time. We had great. an amazing time and, you know, Vegas was super easy and it was fun. Good food and a good time it in and out. Great. Yeah, we yeah. got back this morning and <laughs> rushed the kids off to school. Like literally came in, rushed in, made the lunches. Like, thank God my mum was here. She helped out with everything as well. Bri raced them to school and got back just in time so we can sit here and hang with you and talk about <laughs> all the things. Uh, life is busy. Oh yeah. Parenting, it's a lot. Life is super busy. Li- yeah. Life in general, I mean, just headline-wise, when you go into the store, it's busy. There's just a lot happening. Yeah, right always. Now. There's just a times. lot happening mm-hmm. in the world right now. Yeah. So much. It's funny, I mean, this is sort of a ridiculous headline, but I was reading the other day, as you were flying back on the plane today, yeah. I was reading about United Airlines. Did you oh, hear about yeah. this? Yeah, that the they're changing the seating, the yeah. boarding policy, like how they do it we flew southwest it makes perfect sense though like reading their design idea and what it is they're doing i it to me do you think i think it does i to me if you can create a more orderly way of people boarding a plane and getting rid of the sort of craziness involved and and people having to get up and move around and put bags in the thing it's you you kind of sidestep that i think it's invaluable. I think you could save time for sure. I'm definitely all for trying something that's going to save time on the boarding process because it really does suck when you get on. You're like, oh, sorry. And you're going to make people get up because you're in the middle. I don't know how it could go wrong. I could be naive in this. Well, let's say what it is. Okay. So, so I from what I was understanding, it's called Wilma. Yes. Which I don't know what that stands for, by the way. So it's supposed to be window, middle, aisle. I don't know what the L is. Oh, the I. Oh, window, W-I-L. So W-I for window. And then there's the L, which I don't understand. And then it's middle aisle. So the idea is, and I love this too, first class, business class, they do it the same exact Oh, that's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 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 They go in first. Nothing changes until economy. When, Nothing when changes until you're, you know, cattle in the back, basically. And then, right. you know, once you get there, it's like, we're going to do it a little bit more orderly. So it's window. But here's what I was wondering. It makes sense, big picture. Like, okay, all the windows go in first. Right. But it's some sort of like hierarchy or something. I'm a window. I go first. And then the windows go in and then the middle. So do the window seats go up? Because that's going to be the most coveted because they go in first. Aren't, aren't window seats? Oh, no, it's really by section. I was going to say, aren't they more expensive when you do seat selection anyway? No. But I do get it. Like the middle seat is the one that sucks. And yet they're the second one to board. An aisle goes last. Like I would always rather be a window or an aisle if I'm sitting. So in that sense, it's not really hierarchy because middle still sucks no matter whether you board before the aisle or not, you're still stuck in the middle of two people not on your whole flight. So I don't know if that plays into that's hierarchy. An, that's an interesting question if it creates a, sort of a hierarchy. And I, I haven't, I didn't think about it that way. I'm not, I mean, it just seems I'm not strange. sure if I feel that it would, but I, I can understand how it would be uh, perceived that way. I get, I, get I mean, you sure. are. You are naming it Wilma from the Flintstones. You know, you think of totally. Flintstones and Fred and Wilma and oh, Bam I loved Bam. Wilma. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Bam Bam. Yeah. Zane's a little Bam Zane Bam. Zane's a little Bam Bam. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it does suck, though, that it's only economy that does that, that it's not everyone that's subject to, to this boarding process. Everyone else, if you pay enough money, 
you don't have to go but through it may, any it changes. Sense, though, you still get priority. You're but those, fine. But those sections are so much smaller and, and tend not to hold up the boarding process as much as the economy section, which is a, which is probably three-fourths of the plane. True, true. I guess that's a really good argument for it as well. Um, but it doesn't just include those, you know, 12 seats that are in business class on those flights. It's all, maybe it's a little more for some. Um, but it's also anyone that has paid the money for premier access or to be a gold or a silver member or whatever. So that's more than just the business class seats. But it's probably half the plane that has some sort of membership that's going to board first. I don't, I don't know if the if those are different seats necessarily or different um, different levels of being being a part of United's. Uh, Alliance plan, or I, I don't know how, you know, Star Alliance, I have no idea how it works, but I, I've, I've never been on a plane and been like, oh, those are, you know, those are the, the, the business, you know, premium seats. And then those are the bit like it's, you have a set. I, I've always seen a section I've seen first possibly business and then economy. There's right. usually for the most part, three sections on a plane. Right. And honestly, in a lot of uh, respect now there, there are two sections uh, most planes that you get on yeah. there is sort of like a first business that is combined yeah and true. then you have economy after that. that's true where you get you get some sort of premium economy which you know you pay extra for three inches or you two get, inches yeah you get more leg room. <laughs> like okay yeah, right. yeah. i have two inches and my legs can go from here to here yeah <laughs> right. i slightly get a little <laughs> right. straighter like, yeah right the like, seat goes, still goes, only goes back about that right. much. Yeah. I think this whole seating plan is all good and well until you're the one that's on the aisle seat and you've got a board last and you have nowhere to put your baggage. You have not. That's you, what I. What are you well, going to do about that? Like this is what I was thinking because I'm an aisle guy. I really like the aisle. I don't necessarily. I, I like looking out, but I don't like to be squeezed. Well, in. I think totally. you should be penalized for that. Like, <laughs> I think I, I absolutely see the issue with having you on, and I think you should have trouble finding a place to put your bag, and you you deserve that treatment. Yeah. So this is, is what I'm saying. Strange. Aisle. Isle is the outcast now. Yeah. Middle is actually going to be more coveted because if you want to carry on, you're going to have to put, you're going to have to get a window or an aisle because to make sure a you window or a middle because if you're an aisle, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a really good point. No more point. room for you. I mean, it screws someone over no matter what, right? Well, and here's the thing too you... to think is that, you know, most people don't fly by themselves. They fly with somebody. So are they then buying a window and, and a middle seat? So, so they are sitting together like it's, you know, that whole, that whole boarding issue is we were looking at that also for families and trying to figure out how that works. And so we were reading, I up guess on the it a family bit. can go together. That's yes. what I whoever, saw. Whoever groups, has yeah. the highest level of seating uh, within the economy cabin, their group gets to board with them. I'm really curious to know other people's thoughts on this when yeah. they message us um, because that's going to be fun. It's I don't know. A, yeah, it's such a simple thing, but it's who knows? I, it, it, can cre I can create, it can create like, such a headache and yeah. such a nightmare. People could be I mean, pissed. Look, oh, Wilma. You oh, know. Wilma. Wilma. Who knew? I'm I'm all for upgrades. I'm all for changing systems because mm. I think there are Figuring many systems yeah. that are broken or yeah. that don't work well. Um, but I have a novel idea. <laughs> Instead of the seating, figure out how to get across country an hour or two quicker. I mean, have you ever noticed that planes <laughs> like speed the plane have up? the same exact technology uh -huh. that they did 80, 90 years ago? Yeah, like, yeah. look how far cars have come. Right. Yeah. 
look at all of the ingenuity, all of the technology. Right. Do you do you mean to tell me that that plane can't go any quicker? They can't do anything. Well, they more? can it's, though, right? They totally can go faster. Thinking about because that's another great point. Thinking about that though. If you're an air traffic controller and you have airplanes flying at different speeds all across the country, it seems like it would be much harder to keep track of what, what planes are where. Everyone's speed, though. But like. what about but what about the planes that couldn't be up then that are that are you know older technology and things Got like you. that, like Spirit Airlines, <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah, <laughs> they're not I going mean, faster. What, you, know, you don't want them to. You really don't want them to. So you might so lose be, a wing. It becomes a thing of like you've got you have one airplane that is going you know. 400 miles an hour and then another one that's going 600 but you've got air traffic control that is monitoring thousands of planes in the air at the same time across the country it's a good question it's that's a, true it's a really that good makes point. my head spin yeah it makes my head spin how too. do you how do you make sure that the that the plane that can fly twice the speed of the other one isn't going to end up right in the path of these slower flying planes totally. i think you kind of it's almost like creating um uh like on, on a freeway, you have, you know, speed limits. And, and I think that's the reason is sort of to maintain some sort of uh, uniform travel within those those areas. Right. I would assume. All right, baby. Coming out with the good I'm, answer. I'm just yeah. making this up. I have no idea because I, I could be completely <laughs> wrong, which I, nine times out of ten, I am completely wrong. So I'm fine with that. But I just, these the, this idea. No, you, I, you could be right. Look, it's like people who argue flat earth and the flat earth theory. You know, you, you could sit and come up with all these concepts as we to could. why that is, why it makes no sense. And I mean, you can go back and forth. I'm sure there are people who could let us know mm -hmm. if airplanes could go different speeds. I just And think why they don't. Maybe there's someone right. that is in this business that could tell us Reach why they don't us, go faster. Yeah. <laughs> help Reach us. Out. We need to know. Right. Help, help us find the, uh, the answer to this question because it is eating at this group. <laughs> so right. they have electronic cars. They have Teslas. Have they you have, seen the car that Elon? can now fly? Did you see that one that um, they have now... I don't know if they've approved it for the road, but there has been in some sort of approval, the first flying car where the wheels tuck under as propellers and it, it, that thing flies. Like we are heading into the Jetsons, Jetsons. at this point. Yeah. But, you know okay. what's so sad? So many people won't know that reference. Right. Maybe our listeners you know will because we all do. Are you with us? Yeah. Or if you know them, are we totally please tell me you know ourselves? the Jetsons. Please Honestly, I just want a meal. I want a machine that spits out whatever meal that I want. That's that's one of the was things. Was that Willy Wonka? No, that was Chuck. That was back the to TV. the future. That no, the that future. was the Jetsons. That's you had. Um, uh, what was the maid's Rosie? Oh. would go to the machine and would push the button and the doors would open and it's like there's your burger and there's your stuff. Uh, totally. I, the concept of that is amazing. So imagine they, they have that. It's called Las Vegas room service <laughs> but, where but, you yeah, work. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. But but no. So imagine if. You are gluten free or vegan, or and and so you could program your machine to stick to those dietary restrictions and only give you food that fits within that. Yeah, that would be food. that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm down for Invent that. Invent it. It's. It, I mean, <laughs> I, I just think with someone. the technology that exists. I don't know. I just think of these things. Like we're looking at United and the the Wilma system. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like the Wilma. <laughs> Hey, you guys, we're implementing Wilma today. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's cut the ribbon on this Wilma idea. <laughs> don't ask what the L means. We don't know. We're just going with it. It just sounds you good. You have Fred back there? Yeah. <laughs> so 
So, you know, you have Wilma and you have these small incremental changes and then you hear about a flying car, which I, I don't even understand if a car can fly. How do you then regulate airspace? How do you Oh my God, that, that? my brain hurts. No. Oh yeah, right? that's, a whole, that's I, a whole different thing. I think of these things and I think, look, even things that are happening around the world, things that are going on, I'm like, they, it's archaic. We're, we're so elevated in so many ways. We have access to such technology, and yet there are things that are just so primitive, right? I mean, you have, you have men and women who get in a ring and beat each other up until someone taps to submission. Right. Like some of these things, right. look, I, I, I enjoy watching. I used to enjoy watching these things, but some of these things just feel so archaic. Like, of course, the technology exists for a flying car. They have airplanes that can go at the speed of light and beyond. Right. All that technology exists. Right. Where is it? Bring this in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right? Why are you hiding it from us? Don't hide it from us. It's tough though, because that, I mean, you need, you're talking about then needing the infrastructure to support these, that kind of a change, because that is a massive global change at the point when That's you the go, biggest. at the point when you say, okay, flying cars, it's on, let's do this. It's like, okay, so now we have to globally rethink how does that function? How does that work? If we you can still barely get like the infrastructure for electric cars, do you know what I mean? Right. Built in place for us to do that, let alone flying cars. Right. You know, I think yeah, we're our, a while our away house from is that. still on septic. Okay. So yeah, like you it know, really is. It's like <laughs> let's let's take our time on some of these things because if we don't have the infrastructure in place to be off of septic at this point there's are you we, are you chopping wood for heat over right. there yeah absolutely right. yes eating yes, tons are. of tons of fruit yeah yeah growing we have the kids own. riding bicycles out the back for the electricity you know to right. generate Jeez. the electricity for us i did that at a coldplay concert that was actually so much fun i've seen videos of that it actually looks like a lot of fun did they have like entire sections of people that would ride they have two or... sections and uh it's it's called you know the kinetic energy section and people are dancing and jumping on a floor and it's actually storing up energy energy so that the next show when they they power the small stage that they have and they power other things through that yeah so cool it's so to cool. actually be in a place where you can be a part of how something functions. Yeah, there's, that's amazing. There's purpose in that. Like, it feels like you're doing something that is a good cause somehow. That's immersive on a really cool level. You know, that's, I love that. I want to see Coldplay live, man. We were just having this conversation the other day that if there's anyone I want to see live, there's a lot of people, yeah. to be honest, but Coldplay is one of them. Have you seen any of the video of the U2 show in Vegas uh, at the Sphere? I they they opened that. Oh, my God. Sphere. The, the the outside was just like breathtaking for me to see, but then when you see video of the inside and the experience Unreal. of being there, it's unbelievable yeah. how immersive that place truly is. I can't wait to go see that actually. Ugh. Anything, I, you know, I anything. wondered how that is because it it looks incredible. You know, a, a sort of a once in a lifetime show, uh, but I also heard people who get dizzy or motion sickness mm. that it can be hard for them because it's pretty steep the way that it's stacked and then you have this complete sphere and it feels like you're what do they call that the 
holotropic or 3D holotropic, so it feels like you're moving into the screen. Right. Sure. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, for yeah. me, that sounds like a good time. Sounds. But, fun. You know, I get yeah. sick on like the Simpsons ride at Universal. Yeah, he doesn't I, go on that's, it. Sorry. I would have. I motion sickness for me is not is not my friend. No, it's not. So I can only imagine that uh, that that screen that that experience could. Yeah. It it could make me feel terrible. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before just jumping into some of the pop culture type headlines that have been making waves for the last two weeks and that we're going to discuss today, we have to take a moment to just acknowledge what's happening in the world. Our hearts, just like yours, are really, really heavy. Look, what's happening is so utterly devastating and it can feel really strange to just talk about normal things and, you know, discuss life as normal, business as usual, when all of this is happening. But look, our job is to deliver content in the way that we do. We're going to continue to do that for you. 
But please know that the news and the information is coming out at a head spinning rate. So we're trying to keep up. We're watching, we're listening, and we're learning. Please, we ask you, do not ascribe meaning to the lack of coverage on this humanitarian issue, or at times, silence. We are deeply affected by all lives lost, and we know that so many of you are too. We have been discussing a way to try and dedicate a whole episode to the topic of how we discuss things like this that are so heated and you know, even at times polarized, how can we come together to discuss this and not just ostracize people? And many of you have actually written us and asked lately for lighter type episodes. Maybe this is something that's needed. So today we thought that we would do just that and discuss some topics that have been in the news and that people have been scratching their heads about. So let's get into some pop culture headlines and dig into what actually makes this relatable to each of us. Some of the the things that we've been looking at this week bring up other questions that I think are important to talk about or interesting to talk about. And one of the, the big headlines is Brittany and her memoir that she is releasing. And I have to admit, when we discussed that we were going to do a headlines episode, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what it is we're going to talk about. I don't like talking about other people in that sense. And then I went on a, a as much of a dive as I could in reading about Brittany's story because I truly didn't know that much about it. I didn't dive into the Free Britney movement. I don't get involved with with headlines like that, you know what I mean? And when I started reading this story and timelines of her conservatorship and, and the things that she's been through, it was devastating for me as a, as a, as a woman, as a fan of hers, as, as a human being to read her experiences of the last, not only 13 years of her conservatorship, but her life and how she's been exploited by her family and, and people and the people that she was supposed to trust and I think it's it's a really important conversation to have because I think it happens to people everywhere. They ex- are exploited by the people that love them sometimes. And uh, I think there are conservatorships out there that probably aren't healthy. It's just Britney's has, has had a spotlight on it because it's been so public. Um, but I'd love to know, like Randy, some of your thoughts on the things that you have seen. And, and Bri, yours too. I yeah. just know that we've been talking about it yeah. with each other on the things that you've been seeing with Brittany. You know, she's she's finally coming out and feels free enough to speak about um, her experiences. And she now has yeah. the freedom to do it. Yeah. It's uh, – it's, uh, Yeah, it's tough, right? It's tough. Yeah. It's, it, it's so layered. I mean, so my take on a conservator – ship in general is not even in general with this one especially is i think it in a lot of cases can remove the journey that people are supposed to go through they go through these especially times in young. life yeah. where they they try they fit we talk about it all the time you fail there are road there there are bumps there are roadblocks there are things that you have to deal with when uh people step in and say oh i'm just going to take care of all this for you you're just going to live by my rules you then eliminate someone's ability to learn and grow as they're, uh, as they're going through life. So then for her to now come out of that, it's what part of life does she then have to start from, from before it started? I, you know, how much has she, has she missed of the normal progression and learning of life in, in, in life being handled this way? Yes. And it's very hard to get back. Um, I mean, I think people who uh, 
uh, go to prison. And it's hard to compare the two, right? Yeah. But it's like their life is taken away and it's structured in such a way where they miss out on, you know, years or decades. And I think with Brittany, what is so challenging to watch, we mentioned this in the addiction episode, I think we did in the Q&A part, is a lot of times when an addiction starts, mm -hmm. you get stunted at that age. I was just going to say, normally when people are in recovery, don't they sort of go back to the point when when things took a turn and they have to they have to live life from that point forward again without that uh, that device that they used. Yes, at least that's what it feels like. So if someone starts uh, using or becomes addicted to porn and it takes them over, let's say, then you know, and that happens at twenty four, they kind of stop at twenty four. And I think with Brittany, look, she was in the the spotlight from a little girl. I mean, she was in the Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. right? So her way of viewing life and handling life might be very different. So you have that aspect uh, to contend with. And I think, you know, I want to ask uh, both of you about this because you both have lived the sort of celebrity uh, spotlight and still do and have to think about these things. So we'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, for, for Brittany, it, it seems like she... I don't know, in some ways when I see her, I, I just see a, a little girl who's trying to figure it out and yeah. trying to come back to this place of homeostasis, but not fully understanding and being able to drop into the homeostasis of the age that she's at now. It's like she's still back then. She's a grown woman going through what we went through as, as young. Almost as young puberty, kids, right? right? Well, she, it, yeah. she did in the stuff that I've read um, and listened to. Um, one of the things that she said is that with this conservatorship, she wasn't allowed to be an adult. She would regress. And she, she says this in her own words, that she would regress and act out like a teenager because it's the way that she was being treated. She was treated like a child that couldn't make any decisions for herself. And so she, and exactly what Brian said, she wasn't allowed that space to grow and to, you know, explore, you know, working through whatever was going on with her. And there were a lot of things going on with her. This, you know, this, and I do believe that what she, she says is true. This shaving her head was an act of rebellion against people that constantly had an opinion and a say over her body and what she did with it and the way that it looked instead of her having a say over her own body and what she did with it and the way that it looked. It was constantly being taken away from her. She was constantly being exploited and objectified. So she gets pissed at a paparazzi guy with an umbrella. How many people do you see acting out like this today? And as she even says in her own words, how many how many male artists do you see blowing all their money or drinking it all away or making terrible decisions? No one took their rights away to live their life. She was made to give up complete control to other people, predominantly men, her father and her and a lawyer, to control every single thing about her life and make all of her decisions for her. So she regressed into being a little girl because that's the way they treated her. And I think yeah. that does rob her of being able to grow into a mature woman. And we see her now discovering how to handle and be on social media and in media and in life as herself. You see little kids that have these just complete breakdowns because they don't know how to articulate what it is they want. And so they'll right. kick and scream and they'll like put on some big show 
and because they are kids and that is the only way that they can be heard. So it's like, then, you know, then you control someone's life beyond when that is supposed to naturally sort of, uh, take its course and, and, and you move on from it. And instead you keep someone within that space, but then you, um, you penalize them for acting out within the, the only way that they can. The, right. the only, the only way that she could was shaving her head, do you know, doing, having these acts of rebellion because they were, they were the small piece of her life that she still could have some sort of say so. And yeah. she had no support on top of all of this, no support or anyone in her corner helping her know how to deal with these huge life changes with the world watching her going through them. Everyone just wanted to keep making more money off of her and exploiting her. So who was in her corner at the end of the day? You know what I mean? And that's, I think, incredibly heartbreaking. And I don't know all the facts and I should, I should honestly back this up by saying I don't know all the facts. I've tried to read as much as I can this week about her and maybe mm-hmm. she did have people in her corner over the years that tried. But, you know, we, I think we've seen what her experiences have been or what she's been open to sharing. I, for one, definitely want to read her memoir to know more about this story that um, seems so unbelievable to me that it could happen to this woman. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, what I wonder too is how did it get there? I mean, how do you get from what she was doing and how she, you know, she was performing, she was recording. How do you get from there to the conservatorship where it seemed like all of her freedoms were taken away. So what, I mean, what What I read was that her family had in, taken her to an involuntary, involuntary, I'm saying it right, um, psych evaluation. Two mm-hmm. within a month. The first one she was released and there was no recommendation for a um, conservatorship and whatnot. And then within a month they took her to another hospital for they wanted a second an opinion. involuntary you know, observation or evaluation. And out of that one a temporary conservatorship was recommended and it kept getting extended and extended and extended for 13 years. And with, I think within that space and time, this 26-year-old woman, right, they put a conservatorship on her and she's like, wait, what do you mean? So she's fighting against it. And I think that wor- maybe that worked against her in making it look like, oh, she needs this conservatorship to save her because look how angry and crazy she is and she's out of control. I'm guessing, I'm absolutely guessing at this point. I can only imagine what it would do to me at 26 years old if someone took away absolutely every single right that I had that she even had a hold of knowing that everyone was making decisions for her from the minute she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, I can imagine that is actually the recipe to make someone crazy. They were deciding what medication she took, when that was supposed to change, forced at some point for her to change it to another really intense one that said made her feel like she couldn't hold a conversation, tell her when her bedtime is, she wasn't allowed to drive a car. Like this is a grown woman that had no right. real evidence of being a junkie, that had no real evidence of being a user or completely out of control, but simply a human being having a really difficult time with her life and a public divorce and everything being plastered everywhere with everyone having an opinion of it and instead of people turning around and saying okay let's help you through this in like a healthy way let's get therapy or support you through it or you know the 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 idea was I'm going to control your money and your jobs and make your decisions for you I feel like that is really awful yeah 
Oh, That's yeah, sure. harsh and extreme. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let me ask you this. What do you think about, you know, I saw a video of her... I don't know if you saw this with knives and she's dancing. Yeah. 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 So they were Halloween that? knives. They're like fake knives, right? So they were costume ones. And she's been doing her dance videos on Instagram for, uh, I want to say a year or two now. I don't know when the conservatorship ended or when she started to have that freedom. But I think that she had zero. This is my guess, right? My absolute guess in an observation. She had zero freedom for such a long time. She hasn't had the 
um, the benefit, I guess you would say, of growing up with social media in this age, right? Of learning how to use it, of making the mistakes we make on it and figuring that out. It is just a whole new world for her. And it's also her only portal to share something of herself that someone didn't have control over at the time. And she loved dancing. She loved, she did it in her music videos. I think it was really enjoyable for her. And she talks about the fact that she lost the love of performing and singing and creating because she never got to do any of it herself. So this is her her expressing herself in all her freedom, maybe in a younger, more immature version of herself, maybe not a 30 30 something 38 I think she's around my age year old woman maybe it's a little bit more like teens and 20s I think it's just her exploring her freedom and expressing and maybe that doesn't look the way people want it to look but like we're also poking at it because it's Britney Spears there's a lot of people doing crazy shit on social media with all sorts of things and weird dance moves into songs but because they're not Britney Spears we're not poking at it like oh that person's unstable You know, I think we need to allow her to grow and learn. So what is that? Because to be honest, Mm -hmm. right, I don't always keep up with the the major, you know, headlines of Britney Spears. Totally. I'm new to this this week. Right. Yes. Right. So but this is such a, a big question for people because this has been all over. So how how would I relate this back to what? everyone is going through right or like what what people are dealing with and I think with her it's sort of the how do you live from a place where it's authentic you want to be you but also when you have eyeballs on you like what what is the fascination too with with picking someone apart in the press like you Mm. see them out and then people are just raking them over the coals and have an opinion Mm -hmm. like what i don't know what is that i do with that yeah I don't know. I think it's been around since the beginning of celebrity that people either relate to or find comfort in dragging that person down. Like it's, I guess, whether they find representation in them or not, whether they used to find representation in them and now that person no longer holds up that image that this person or pedestal that this person put them on and then they're pissed about that, that they're not upholding this Well, and historically media-wise, it's always seemed like – the way it works is they build somebody up, they build somebody up, they write these amazing stories until they run out of things to write. And they go, okay, now we need a new headline. So we want to, we want the headline to now be the fall of this star that we put on the this pedestal. Yeah. And so it's, maybe they're, they're, yeah. they're trying to um, stretch out a story as long as possible. And so they make all these different sort of, uh, versions of it and they go down all these different roads and rabbit holes and they try and create news that doesn't exist um we we talk about it all the time for that clickbait aspect of it It, it's Mm. uh, you know at the end of the day it's uh it's way more interesting to have the new headline front of a magazine that catches someone's attention where they go, Ooh, I never knew that was happening compared to, Oh, it's the say, Oh, you know, we've been hearing for a year and a half how great this person is. Media is big business, right? Media exists because people want to know things, not just about the news and what's happening, but about other people's lives, you know? And that's why celebrity exists. Otherwise actors would be actors and then no one would cover their personal lives. The the problem is too, it's so, it's all so relative. Like, like Sharon and I were, were talking earlier today about, 
the, this whole conversation of um, Brittany drinking when she was young with her mom, going and having drinks. And we, we were trying to figure out how we honestly felt about that because we have kids. I couldn't imagine sitting with my 14-year-old child having, having drinks. But my 14-year-old child isn't Britney Spears. Living the life that she was living Hasn't been living the life that, that Britney was at 14. You know, so I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not making excuses for anyone. I'm not, I'm not necessarily here to agree with or disagree with things. I'm just trying to open the conversation and the thoughts for people. Um, You know, it's with, I've never, I don't know anyone that's ever been as famous as Britney. On that kind of Like in my life. Uh, you know, there, there are really only a few people that you can point to and say, you have Marilyn Monroe, you have Elvis Presley, you have Madonna, you have Prince, you have Michael Jackson, you have Britney Spears. Uh, she's yeah. part of that, of that group. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, and that was at a young age. At the point when she was 14 and having daiquiris with her mom, she'd been famous for how, for how long at that point and was massive at the point when she was 14. I don't, I don't actually know when her first single dropped, but I know she was, it was really, really early. And even beyond that, like to add to it, you're talking about her not drinking like an adult, but certainly other aspects of her life, she was treated like an adult right. on what she was doing, where she was going, what she was wearing, what she was singing. What's the photo shoot that you were talking about? That, uh, uh, oh, the David LaChapelle one that she talked about. She was 16 and she was, I believe she was 16, but she was a young teenager. Um, and at the time she didn't, you know, really think anything of it. She was just innocently in her bedroom and he was taking photos or doing a shoot with her. With her stuffed animals. With her stuffed animals, right? And it was the conversation of, I'll just undo a few more of those buttons there, you know? And it wasn't so he could get a look. It was because that was the image they were presenting, right? right? Sexualizing a teenager. It then becomes the conversation of, okay... It's the same conversation we have with uh, the legal drinking age compared to the age that somebody can go into the army. It's like, why, why can someone be drafted at 18 but then can't have a drink until they're 21? 21. Like, they you know, it's, yeah, some of the rules don't necessarily make sense. Same thing with, you know, I, I couldn't possibly put myself in the place of uh, Brittany and, and her mother when, when that was happening. You know, when you have a child that is as famous as she was, would you look at those moments where, where you guys could sit down and have something on, like if, if you read the ingredients on a daiquiri, that's one of the most innocent of the drinks you could possibly share with somebody. Was that, was that like some sort of a connecting ritual when they had 10, 15 minutes to do, you know, and no one's saying it's right. Yeah. Who knows where it came from though? Who knows the story behind it? And that's that's what's important. For me in Australia is, uh, the 18 is the age, the drinking age. We all start drinking from the age of 15. I remember my dad giving me, not like having drinks with me, but you know, I think whiskey was put on my pacifier. My, we call them dummies when I was little, you know, help them go to sleep. I remember tasting alcohol. There was no, oh, it's bad, don't touch it. I never had a fascination with it like it was an act of rebellion. I think I'd, I would say I wasn't. Or maybe, you know what? Yeah, I would have been like 12, 13, 14 when my dad used to love tea and Maria and milk. Like the girliest drink you can imagine. Like it tastes like a coffee liqueur. What and was milk. it? Tia Maria and milk. Like it does, it tastes like a milkshake. I, what is Tia Maria? Tia, what is Maria Tia Maria is a liqueur. I think it's maybe a coffee type liqueur. But <laughs> someone else can like 
can maybe confirm that. But I would ask if I could have one. And he'd be like, oh, go on then. And, you know, he'd make me a little one and I'd have one with my dad. It wasn't like I sat and got drunk with him. But it certainly took away – and I'm not saying other parents should do this. I'm not saying my dad was right. He was definitely not right with yeah, a lot no. of shit, right? But this was my experience and I, I didn't grow up with an alcohol issue at all um, or fascination with it. Was that, yeah, every now and then it did happen or at the barbecues or the whatever and, you know, someone be like, oh, have a taste of the beer and it wasn't made like, oh, no, you can't have that till you're 18 years old. And right. there's something I mean, I think, in that too. Yeah, I, know? Think, I think the overlying – take on all of this is it's insane for people to judge anyone yes. when, when you don't know what it's like to be in that person's shoes Agreed. and in that person's life. Agreed. And, and we don't, we don't know the only two people that truly know what this time was in her was like in her life is Brittany and, and her mother. Yeah. When it comes to the diapers, and, and exactly her, her family. So it's that, you know, that is, I think you hit the nail on yeah, the head, baby I'm with you. Absolutely. I, I, I think you did. And I think that's the, the reason why we're even bringing this up is even in talking about it, you know, we're, it's speculation. We're looking at it. We're trying to come up with ideas why it is the way that it is and connect these dots. Right. And really, we just don't know. Because another side too is if people are drinking at 13, 14, 15, going off with friends and maybe doing some crazy things, then perhaps, you know, them... Uh, having a daiquiri seems a little bit better. It's in a more controlled environment. You know, she's not going out. I know some. I know some parents yeah. that take the stance of you can you can try those things, but just try them at home with me, right. so as I can monitor and yeah, re- yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and help you be responsible and make sure that you're safe. So there, God, there are so many aspects to it, and who knows what the true aspects of this of of this particular time in her life who knows the details of of those aspects other than the people that were directly involved i think baby your statement and what you said about you just cannot judge anyone unless you know and you were not in their shoes you weren't in the situation so to judge anyone on you know these headlines is really difficult and i for one am excited to read her memoir now i really want to hear what she has to say now that she finally has the freedom to do it um and i honestly feel like not that I even know her, but I kind of feel like I owe her that in a sense. I want as many ears to hear her story as possible since she was silenced for so long. So even though I'm not a diehard Britney fan, I do want to honor you're her hum- story. You're by, a fan I'm a of human. humans. Right. Yeah. And right. I want to honor her right. story by, yeah. by reading that and giving it my time and space um, and energy. Instead because- of just these snap judgments that you know, it tends to happen when reading something and quickly putting dots together and going, oh my gosh, she had a daiquiri when she was this age or she right. did this and she did that. Right. It's like we're we're talking about a human being where there's complex emotions. Absolutely. Who knows what she went right. through? Who knows the mental state of what it's like to be a celebrity? Look, I was sort of a celebrity slash pseudo celebrity just because of the way that I grew up. Um, you know, my, my, my dad was famous, so people recognized him. So I was always sort of used to that. Right. Tori was mm-hmm. famous and 90210 was uh, massively popular. So, you know, people would recognize her. I saw what that was like. And then when I became an actor and people started recognizing me, it's a weird 
headspace to walk in. And if someone looks at you to start to go, oh, well, do they know who I am? Mm. Because you're starting to live outwardly. You're no longer just in yourself looking out at the world. You're now sort of aware of what you look like to other people. People don't realize that the loss of anonymity is such a huge thing to experience in life because once you lose it, you can never get it back. You never right. then can become anonymous again. Oh, yeah. It's, right. you know, it's like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. That literally is, you cannot, you cannot go from one to the other and then back to the one again. It, mm. it just, there's, there's no way for that to happen. Yeah. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, it's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, I mean, I actually thought we were going to get to more headlines on this episode, I, well, but we really, we really jumped in on that I one. I think, I think though, that's an easy one in in what we were talking about, uh, what we sort of ended the Britney conversation with, 
going into another big headline, which is the Jada Pinkett Smith headline, which is her book, her life, the, the judgment, the judgment that her and her family have gotten based on their own private decisions that to me affect nobody but them. I don't know what their story is. I, I've known Will for a long time. I've, I've run into all of them. From the outside, having been in that space at all, I am so incredibly, incredibly moved by the way they have raised their kids. Mm-hmm. And, Raising good humans. And yeah, they, from what I have experienced, they, they take such great pride and, and they put such effort into that. Their, their kids are incredibly unique. They're, uh, they're, they have an incredible sense of, uh, there's no insecurity in them at all. They are completely secure in who it is they are. They are kind to people. They're loving to people. And that's an, that's, they've done an amazing job. To me, whatever has gone on in their personal life and in their marriage and whatever choices they have made or haven't made, they they have not affected me at all. And I know that the human beings that they have created and then put into the world reflect this concept of being really good people. Mm -hmm. So that to me, if I was going to judge anything, that is I a plus on, on what it is I have seen and, and what has directly uh, affected me or, or been in my space. Mm. You said something interesting, Brian, you said they're children. Yeah. There's no insecurity there. Right. And what's fascinating about that is from the outside, they really do seem incredibly secure, yeah. confident, sure of who they are yeah. in right. themselves. Yeah. But something that Jada was talking about a lot in you know the, the past couple of weeks because her, her book is coming out is about how from the outside, no one would necessarily know that she was suffering because yeah. she talked about right. uh, at times wanting to take her life. Yes. And, and yeah, she talked about that around her 40th she, birthday. And the hardest part for her was that people didn't understand and people would say, what, what do you mean you're, you're upset or you're not feeling good or you're down? What, you have everything. And I think it's an interesting thing because I have never met uh, their kids I would say the same as you, that that's what they seem like. They seem wonderful. Um, but we just never know what another human being goes through until it's too late and everyone is surprised and they go, oh, oh my gosh, I never saw this coming. But it's just so interesting because that's what Jada said too, is that you just would never know. But inside she was, she was suffering. Yeah. And so she talked a lot about that as well as, a lot of other things. Yeah, she talked about a lot of stuff. I actually tried to do a lot of research on her as well. And one of the things that I listened to beyond reading the headlines, right, I wanted to hear things in her voice, was a podcast that she did with her good friend, Jay Shetty, who is another, he's a motivational speaker, used to be a monk, amazing human um, that I'm a big fan of. And he was a big reason in why she wrote the book because a lot of her her healing journey she's done whilst knowing him. And she said a quote that struck me and made so much. She said something that I will call a quote. And to quote her, it was, people think that because you are rich and famous, you are exempt from the human experience. And I was like, uh, 
Absolutely yeah, they, do. they do. They think that because you're Jada Pinkett Smith and you're rich and famous, you have everything and that you don't get to experience the things that everybody else does. Pain, despair, heartbreak, depression, loss. Um, and in, in her case, this and the reason she even wrote the book was that journey from unlovable to lovable and that big journey that she had coming from having two addict drug abusing parents um, into coming to LA and all her journey. And there's so many stories in there. I don't know, but the little bits that I heard, um, her journey to feeling lovable, traveling through suicide and making it through that because plant medicine sitting ayahuasca for four days. Um, it's an incredible journey. And so, and I said this to both of you when we were speaking about doing this episode, here's my question. There's all these headlines and there's all these celebrities saying, Jada, enough. We've heard enough. We don't want to hear more. It's an overshare. Hashtag free Will Smith and all the rest of it, right? Not only has Will Smith come forward and absolutely championed her and supported her in a beautiful way, showing up for her, Um she, why does she not get to share her human experience? Because one of my favorite authors, Glennon Doyle, right? She shares her very human experience of a marriage that was failing, a husband that cheated on her, an eating disorder that was triggered. Uh, I, I believe wanting to, uh, I don't know if she wanted to take her own life, but her own traumatic experience of going through healing. Then her second book addresses that she's now with a woman and discovered that she prefers the company of women. Why are her books considered self-help, but Jada Pinkett Smith's journey from unlovable to lovable is considered gossip and something that we have to put into headlines and pull apart and people say, I don't want to hear anymore. Why doesn't she get to have the human cathartic experience of expressing herself and sharing her stories just as we want to do on this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. To share our personal truths and open up conversations to hopefully help someone else. Why doesn't she get to do that without being dragged down like it's for uh, maybe attention or clout or whatever it is that people say, right? That it's too much and stop sharing. And I feel really bad that that is that surrounds her with this book. And I'm sure she's secure and fine and she's on her journey and, you know, she's very, very proud of this book. But me isn't an outsider looking in. It's like, whether I I would do and make the same choices she makes in her marriage is irrelevant. She has found a way to make her life work and, and for herself to feel lovable and raise healthy, wonderful kids. So what? That book is going to help people. They are going to look at her story and and it's going to resonate with them in some way. And it is self-help. It is inspirational. I just think Mm -hmm. it's a shame that because she's Jada Pinkett Smith, we don't allow her to have that human experience with grace. I agree with you. I was moved by some of the things that I heard. Mm. I listened to a couple podcasts, that being one of them. uh, And I, I read some articles and I don't know. I, I feel like I get the picture of Gladiator and back in, you know, Roman Colosseum times where the crowd can just turn on you so easily. Mm. You know, you could be doing so well and everyone loves you. And then all of a sudden something happens and everyone's booing and they want off with your head. Right. You know, and they're out for blood. And it's like, are oh, you not entertained? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, right. it's yeah. something where... You know, you hear this and it's intriguing to hear the story. So some people will want to listen. And then at some point, and I think this is a good question, is there too much, right? Is there some, is there a line 
where it feels too much that maybe it's just for sake of selling a book or putting it out there. I don't know, mm. you know, but what is that fickleness and that line where people go, okay, I want to know about this. Mm. And then, oh, stop, please. This is just oversharing here. I don't know what that line is. I don't know. I, yeah. It's a great question. I think it'd be, I think honestly, it would be different for, for everyone, everyone right? involved. You know, it's uh, one story people want to hear more than the other, naturally, unfortunately. I mean, my big takeaway from this is really that everyone has a story to share. And something I was moved by was the fact that she didn't want to do this, didn't want to do this. And then she was sitting in meditation, found the the way the way like yes. the title yes. came to her the way ooh, worthy yes it, this is my story of worthiness and i don't know about you but i certainly can relate to that times in yes. my life when and where i don't feel worthy yeah. and it is worthy to me to hear anyone's journey from unworthy to worthy anyone's journey from unlovable to lovable because that's what i think connects everyone there's a similarity in that at mm -hmm. some point we all feel uh unworthy at maybe one point in life or unlovable or right. not good enough and totally. the fact that someone can share that and get healing for themselves and the truth of the matter is if you don't want to hear this don't click on it don't yeah don't subscribe. don't read it curate right. your experience yeah. exactly <laughs> you don't have to watch or listen or read we have that issue just in social media in when certain yeah. headlines are going on and, and we're ridiculed for not commenting on them or and or we're ridiculed for the comments that we make because they're not necessarily on the side that someone had it's it's it becomes one of those situations where you can't uh you can't please everybody Everyone, right so, and it seems, it, it seems from what I've read and, and what I know of, of the Smith family in general, that Jada really is taking this journey for herself. She wrote this book for herself, mm -hmm. um, not to, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why someone would think, oh, I'm going to write a book with the detail that her book has thinking, oh, this is going to clear the air for me when she's so, she's so honest about who she is and where she's come from and what she's experienced and what she is currently going through. Uh, she's really putting herself out there to be ridiculed. So I don't know why someone would assume that someone is making that choice just for the purpose of wanting to do that and, and put themselves out there. It's, I, I think I think that's a tough one. I think that's you know again why anyone would ask to put themselves in this sort of a situation, uh, and why would why they would willingly do this doesn't make much sense to me. But that's just yeah, me. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think some of the 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 pushback from what I understood was that when she started sharing about her relationship and how they weren't divorced on paper, but they were basically divorced in theory mm -hmm. and sort of living their separate lives is that the public didn't know that. So right. maybe the public felt that there was some dishonesty there or the public was let down. And I mean, Brian, Dis I'm, dishonesty I'm gonna... to who I, was she dishonest to the public or was she dishonest to will? Because from what it sounds like, yeah, public, what it sounds yeah. like to me, she was never yeah. dishonest with Will. They, like, they have their, 
And honestly, he is the only person that should matter in that, in that situation. Right. The pu- it's not really the public's business. The fact that any of this has been given to the public is a gift for the public. They've been let into what is honestly a sacred space, uh, you know, family and, and a marriage and relationships. That is, that is a space that is to me to be held by the people that are in it, that are directly affected by it. So, um, the, she is, she is giving a gift to people that are so curious about it of giving some inside information, um, and inside experience into what it is to live her life and her experience. Yeah. Yeah. And also giving options, right? Because it's, Hey, a relationship could look like this. You could be together. You could have a life partner and still not be divorced technically, or you could be still working on yourself and still have that partnership. Totally. People, people who were totally traditional might not agree with that. And that's that's okay. okay. Again, they don't have to. We were, weren't we talking about traditional yesterday when we were, (laughs) we were discussing, yeah, this we're talking, you know, there are many, and I keep accidentally calling it polygamy, what polyamorous, there are many mm-hmm. po- very happy polyamorous couples, you know? It, it's a different way of living. What is we traditional? Live that like way. traditional what is, is traditional? an odd That's what thing you said, yeah. because it's like a traditional, you know, as far as what decade, like at what point in history are we basing this traditional thought on? Like traditional marriage, traditional relationships, tra- traditional to who? To what? Because to me... Um, and who cares? To, to me, if, if I look historically, what does it matter? What we have done as a society is progressed. So, so in that sense, then nothing is traditional. Tradition is in the eyes of what was what was normal for them when they were growing up. Like that is that is, but that mm-hmm. you know that generation is not the one that is now growing up and married and in relationships. Things, are yeah. things have things are different. Things have changed. Yet the you know the introduction of social media and the internet and all the world has changed on such a, such a profound level. Uh, for us to deny or or to to not embrace the concept of changing with it to me is um that's a that's a crime in itself and you're doing yourself a huge disservice and the people around you because it's going to change whether you like it or not so you're either going to evolve. roll with it and evolve or you're going to sit in the in the past and go oh my shirts from when I was in my 20s still fit me and it's like okay if you want to right you fight if, if you, you fight wanna, change if you want to live that way then that's then absolutely but you can't judge people for not wanting to live the same way you choose to mm. right and and at the end of the day like we said earlier if it doesn't fit for you leave it don't leave it. don't totally. keep that's giving okay. it attention right. yeah right, exactly. right but the fact of if it doesn't fit for you and then you know, you're commenting and you're getting angry and you're you're saying, oh, this is terrible. It's just oversharing. And the, what are they doing? This is a, yeah. a non-traditional relationship. Don't don't follow me and then tell me and then judge me for my views yeah. and my, oh, on, yeah, on my page. Like yeah. you are asking right. to hear my opinion and my thoughts by simply following me and the act of doing that, you know? And that, so it's it's that weird line of people wanting wanting nothing at all but then wanting everything at the same mm-hmm. time so you can't have both you it's you have to uh you have to kind of 
pick a lane. <laughs> so I think that's that's all the time we have for for headlines okay. today. But I actually would really love to hear what other people think of some of these headlines oh, that we've talked would about, we ever. or how they handle them. Like, do you get riled up over them? Do you get personally invested in celebrity mm-hmm. stories? What is that? Why do you feel personally invested in celebrity stories? Why do you think people are mad at Will and Jada for being secretly separated for seven years? Do you think Britney's memoir is the right thing to do for her? I'm really curious to hear what other this, people think this could and be why such they're invested. A fun Q&A episode following this one mm-hmm. because I'm so curious to hear, like you said, what the reactions are, What you know, how invested people are, what they're what their thoughts on on this topic outside of ours because we are we are in inside of kind of a bubble as far as dealing with it so i'm i'm curious i'm always curious to hear both sides of something and yeah, hear totally. and hear all the perspectives yeah, absolutely so and it's a perspective know. that we that we won't get without your involvement so yeah. please 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 reach out to us yeah everyone let us know cannot wait to speak to you guys thank you for tuning in Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at at oldishpod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We love five stars. (laughs) We love five stars. We like five stars. stars. Yeah. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.